When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males... Hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we are discussing Child's Play Two, uh, arguably the best Child's Play movie of the entire franchise. I said it. I'm going to stick by it. I've got about a page and a half to two pages worth of notes explaining why I feel that way. Uh, <laughs> so let's. We're still live on YouTube at this point. So let's hash this out. I'm going to say this, man. I think that child's play has like and and i can't really speak i think one of the newer ones i didn't see but like next to no i would say child's play has probably like the most consistent franchise you know why three because don mancini wrote all of them yeah yeah but like it was almost like they went from a straight horror and this this movie was when they realized that horror can be fun and then just yeah child's play three was a learning curve it was a it was I've never fun. seen three. Is it worth watching? Oh, we'll talk about it one day. Yeah, That's yeah. That's why no, I on someone's list. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely not the best. But then, like, dude, fucking Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky are just like they are so fucking funny. They're to watch. laugh riots. They're yeah, just comedies. They're, they're not yeah. even horror movies. Yeah, but that's why I don't ever want to watch them again. I don't think I've even ever seen the entirety of um, Seed of Chucky. Like, I I, I think I saw like a, a greatest hits or like the middle of it at a at a party in high school or college oh, or something. The best the best thing about Seed of Chucky, not to get off track, Giles played too, but John Waters cameo. Wait, okay, you sold me. I'll watch it. That's all I had to say, buddy. What do you want me to do? Draw you a fucking picture? Could you? Someone get a pencil. (laughs) He plays plays a trashy tabloid journalist. The best casting in film history. Uh, Anyway, so I actually think that this is the first Child's Play movie I ever saw. 
I feel pretty confident. That sounds right, but it wasn't the first I ever saw. You know, the first um, one I saw was Bride of Chucky, which makes no sense because you have no, no like, backup ex- information. You don't have any exposition. I mean, I guess they do a good enough explanation, but yeah. So, yes, Bride of Chucky is the first one I ever saw. Um, And what about you, BKL? Child's Play 2. Yeah, he watched it. Did you guys the, watch it together? He watched it at the sleepover that I had for my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> what birthday was it? Eleven? Probably ten or eleven, something like that. Right when nice. I was like, first dipping my toe into horror movies. And uh, it was funny because I remember. I I think this is the first time I've watched it since then. I I think it's been a while. Maybe I watched it one other time, but I remember the wax being like bright orange because I thought it was like pretzel dip cheese. Like that's what I thought he was killed with at the end. Was cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um, my other memory of this because like here's the thing and and i doubt any of the guys would ever hear this and they were really good dudes but the people that were at my sleepover at that particular time were like no last names matt no last, no names. last names no i'm not gonna give any last names they were like guys who also played on the sports teams i was forced to play on so like not really like best friend material they were just kind of guys that i was in a type of social circle with yeah so, this is I, the infamous sleepover, Scott. This, was, this is when I watched Child's Play Starship <laughs> Troopers and wasn't allowed to watch Porky, so I went upstairs to watch Species with my parents, and they realized they made a mistake. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I would let my kid watch Porky's before subspecies or before Species any day. But species they, fucked me up. There's like, well, not as bad as Species too, though. But we'll get to that. Species was. It had just come out. I feel like your parents were pretty bad at judging what movies were about. Like they didn't. Just, well, they didn't ask questions. Yeah. Like the only time that I that's ever bad parenting. Did, yeah, GameStop <laughs> screwed me, and then I had to get my aunt Gail to buy it for me because my parents took me to GameStop to get um, Conker's Bad Fur Day, and I was like, "This is perfect." This is wait, what? Con- what? Conker's Bad Fur Day. It was a video game about a squirrel that got wasted, and he's hungover, <laughs> and he has to find his way home. And like everywhere he goes is a reference to how, a genre of movies. How do you it's spell that? C O N K E R S. It's for N64. It's tied with Metal Gear Solid as the best game ever made. Um, but anyway, the that guy is a at wild GameStop, boast. The guy at GameStop was like, uh, "This is a little bit too, you know. You're, I don't think your son's mature enough for this game." So my mom was like, "I'm not getting it for you." And then I got my aunt Gail to get it a month later. So here's a question. Why are you not a furry after there's a sexualized, was she a rabbit on the front there? Because I played this at an age where boobs were funny, you know, because I wasn't allowed to see them. It wasn't like, oh, boobs, boobs. have it's never like, been funny. <laughs> Boobies. It's not a game. <laughs> Take that, mom. But then the other- <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing is that this was the infamous I'm pretty sure this is the Chucky getting a swirly sleepover as well. <laughs> I was so no, no, it couldn't have been. It couldn't have been because because Child's Play Two was the first one I saw, and then I got obsessed with Chucky after that. Oh, and I was yeah. I was pissed. They gave my Chucky because Matt had a Chucky and I had a Chucky, but I had a Bride of Chucky Chucky. Like I had like the, oh, the stitch together, yeah. yeah. And they gave it a swirly, and his hair was Damn. never the same. So hey, so um, fix it in the, someone tried to fix it in the dryer, which just made it way worse. So guys, I just um, <clears throat> I have a public service announcement for anybody listening, as well as anybody on the live stream, but mostly people listening. Um, you might want to go on in- incognito mode to look up Conquerors Bad Fur Day because. 
I wasn't wrong. There's a lot of shitty DeviantArt kind of furry porn. Yeah, based yeah. On I it. mean, Probably. there is furry porn on Sonic. So there's 100% going to be furry porn on fucking Conker's Bad Fur Day. You know what else is really disturbing? Furry porn on um, Zootopia. Yeah, that gets creepy. That's a... I mean, furry porn is creepy, but, like, this utopia is really fucked up a, because weird she's so sweet. And, like, <laughs> because you have a crush on Judy Hopps. Her Judy Hopps. Um, anyway. <laughs> Matt's like, hey, Judy's no, I'm not. I, I may or may not have a DeviantArt page just directed towards uh, <laughs> yeah. Judy Hopps. Can't escape yeah. it no matter what. Oh, yeah, the, that's utopia porn is gross. <laughs> but where is it? So I can report it. <laughs> yeah, can you send me a link so I know how to block it properly? Um, so... Those are awful. What websites? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Child's Play 2, the horror sequel that's spawned by them trying to do a PR cover-up, uh, is... Just- Which is such a great 1991 concept. Yeah. Like, evil corporations just... I, I This movie is really smart. Like, Don, Don Mancini, obviously... Don Mancini? Yeah, I think that's it. He is just, like, super smart. I, I think that this was the best and only way you could have gone from the original Child's Play into a sequel. There's and no, I'm not giving... Yeah. I'm not giving their other sequels like a free pass because I think that some of them stretch a bit. Although I do really love Curse of Chucky. I, I don't know about Cult, but I loved Curse of Chucky. I think and that, I think that is one I haven't seen. That's the oh, Curse of Chucky is really good. It's like yeah. a lot darker than most of the stuff. It's more closely, uh, I, tonally, it's much closer to maybe Child's Play 2. Probably Child's Play the original, though, because it's pretty dark. I mean, it's it's got, like, Chucky making some quips, but also the quips in this, I was expecting, a, this was my first watch, I was expecting a lot more quips, um, and I was very happy that he's more pissed off than, uh-huh. like, a stand-up comic, because that's really, to me, that's the sign that a franchise has gone on too long. Um, you know, as much as yeah. I enjoy Dream Warriors, that's when Freddy starts doing his it's, quips, yeah, you know, like welcome to prime time, bitch. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and like, and and I think that really Hellraiser three is when we get. I don't know. It's also it's the best and worst take on um on Pinhead in my opinion. So I don't know. I mean, these are all controversial opinions from a white guy that it doesn't fucking matter what I think. But <laughs> then you know we got Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, when when did Friday? When did Jason become a caricature? I don't even know. I, I think well, probably tougher. three. Yeah, and it's it's also tougher when they don't because he doesn't talk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, think about all the franchises. I think that there is a. I mean, TCM two really is <laughs> when yeah. when the whole franchise kind of became a comedy. But TCM two is my favorite now. I mean, not for lack of Toby yeah. Hooper trying to make the first one a comedy, but. Um, Scream Five would have had Ghostface like blowing up someone up, and he's like, "You're fired!" And then he runs out of the house. It's like, na 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 na. So, oh yeah, he runs and his knife stays in the air for a few seconds, and his arm grabs it. So, like, my thing is, I love, but like with this specific movie, I love it right from the the opening shot, like the opening shot of the burnt up Chucky head. Oh yeah, when they're scraping that. Okay, so this is this is the thing is that I think that. We are oh, – I'm trying to think of the term. I'm trying to think of the right word because I want to say spoiled, but it's not spoiled. I think that we're spoiled in a way because we don't have to sit through intro credits anymore. But intro credits that are exposition 
are so good. Yeah, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Because like th- this is like one of the best. I think that Gremlins 2 had a really great exposition type intro. I think that you can do it in a cool way too with like Night of the Demons where they had the um the animated, the song, animated yeah. with a great theme song. There are ways that you can do it. Like Halloween 4 has a great intro. Halloween really, 1 the, has a great I was gonna intro. Say, most of the Halloween franchise knows how to do it stylistically. Um, yeah, and Halloween 5. Halloween 5 is an underrated intro because it's like basically just um the sound of a knife going into a pumpkin and then at the end you see the you see the jack-o-lantern um really in general really, though i think nightmare on elm street also was usually pretty good because they would have like these mm-hmm. weird you were always inside of a nightmare for the opening credits um well not the first one well i guess you're walking, the first in, the, one you're walking in the boiler room in the first one yeah but i feel like the yeah. first one starts with seeing the 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 origin of the glove yeah but that's before any of the credits even Amanda come up Wiss. i don't think I think that's like a quick. Uh, it says New Line Cinema, Wes Craven film, Nightmare on Elm gotcha. Street. So I don't know. I think that it's kind of a gray area. We're just being pedantic now. But, yeah, but so, yes, this is an awesome yeah, intro. So they're scraping up yeah. all the burnt th- pieces of him and they're ba- basically making him fresh and new. Uh, and then the suit. Which is a bad fucking idea. Why would you do this? I, I think they wanted to make. Th- he says that they're trying to prove that someone had malfunctioned with the doll that it could right i mean i get it but also it's just really stupid of them and it's but it's the only thing like you said it's the only thing that makes sense because there is absolutely no reason to dig up that doll clean him off and remake him unless it's you're trying to have an argument in court like a legal argument where it's like this doll isn't haunted yeah like imagine if they were just like oh man we need to remake a chucky here's an old robot one let's rebuild it you'd be like that's so fucking stupid just make one for five cents yeah. because they're cheap to make dolls and i've got some questions about the way that they make chucky dolls for later on in this episode but uh so they insert the eyeballs into the toy to finalize building it and that's when like chucky's soul is re-entered into the body and causes just an electrical malfunction that like Blows one dude. It looks so good dude too. Blows a guy straight through the glass. His face is all sliced up. Good shit. Yeah, so fucking good. Like that's the thing about this movie. It feels 1991, but in mm-hmm. the best possible way. It's like Candyman level nostalgia for yeah. me. Yeah. Where you watch it and you're like, oh, I remember good 90s, hor- early 90s well, horror. Think, like yeah. this is like one of the last one of those movies that I saw. Well, not one of these movies, but like this this look was one of the first ones that I saw stylistically that, that feels like, okay, this is pre-screen. Yeah. Well, and the mm-hmm. Chucky moves so well, too, which is... Oh, yeah. Like, very well Better done. than the first one. Better, th- better than most yeah. of them, really, because it's all it's all practical, but it's also they know when to fold and when to hold, yeah. where they're like, okay, we can't get Chucky to do this thing right here full body, so let's just have his face emote. Yeah. Like it, it's really they great. They really know, like you said, fold and hold. They know when to use him. Um, so Andy is getting adopted while his mom is in a psych ward, and his foster, which is dark, yeah, so dark. And his foster parents kind of suck. Like, <laughs> well, no, 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 beef. No, 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 no. The act, <laughs> it's fucking. Beef. I get that is beef. I'm talking about from a parental standpoint. Like, I am 100 on Kyle's side. She is going to have to live on her own in a year. It maybe isn't that important to her to have family dinner time. Like, she needs to that save is, money. <laughs> that is a personal vendetta yeah. that you're putting on to this movie, and I'm not going to stand for it. That's I'm the thing, though, is that I'm with, I'm with you, Matt. 
Fuck family dinners. They are stress-inducing to the but it's max. Like you've, got that, and you've got the dad who's like so unsympathetic to the fact that this kid was traumatized. Also, how do you miss a Chucky doll yeah. in the bedroom? Like just, and then he's just like, it's just a fucking doll. These- like, it's like, mm-hmm. did you not read the yeah, case on this. this child at all before you took him into your No, they didn't. Custody? Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. is Before you say anything, Brian, I gotta say, I think that there's a bit of reality in this movie, a dark reality, where adoption agencies are just absolutely overrun with kids because people are going to pop out kids that that they don't don't have the ability to take care of or they're fucking pieces of shit and they lose their kids. And you know how hard it is to lose your kids in CPS? Like – Super fucking hard. You have to be found with a fucking heroin needle in your arm to lose your kids in 2019. I'm sure that it wasn't much better in 1991. Which apparently, side note, in 1991, Chicago's foster care was almost exclusively the palest of white children running around. uh, Yeah, well, I mean... uh, what, do you think that Chicago has any brown people in it? <laughs> Have you been to Chicago? It's all white people. Later on in the movie, when all the kids are leaving because of the fire alarm, I'm like, oh my god, white. it's all white kids. <laughs> they couldn't. They couldn't get in with the the brown kid union. <laughs> yeah, but I guess Don Mancini, when he strode up to a corner and said "stereo," didn't really. <laughs> Didn't really work out in his favor. Huh? Okay, so Don Mancini might have a blind spot because he is a gay white man. This is true. Um, yeah, but he's not like you know he he's 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 fallible. So anyway, let's get back to the movie. So so there's there's some darkness here where they, they don't look at the the at, at his case. They're like, okay, well. She's like, uh, whatever the woman's name is, that gets stabbed in the chest later is like, oh, oh, you should take him. And they're like, okay, I guess. And so they just fucking leave with him. It's like they didn't really have time to plan it out because the the adoption agency or the foster agency is just like, you'll love him. He's a great kid, even though he's traumatized from seeing people get murdered. So I get it. But then we we go back to the um, – we go back to the evil corporation and the little toady who who was like, oh, things will be fine if we reanimate this doll. He grabs the he grabs the Chucky that's been reanimated. He doesn't realize it yet. And he throws it in the back of his car, which is full of toys, which I think is very funny because he doesn't give a fuck about the toys. They're just like prototypes or him doing market research or whatever he throws him face down and chucky keeps going i like to be hugged i like to be hugged i like to be hugged which which is actually chucky became my spirit animal for well, a no, moment no, no. There because you're, I you're combining love, love you're hugs. combining two things this is my slapping of two things combining um the i like it's your balls that's yeah, how big i like <laughs> the i like to be hugged was the tommy doll that they had at the house that Chucky knocks over because then oh the yeah, good guy okay because then he yells hug this and starts beating it with the vase okay all right all right no it's not a vase it's like this weird piece of cer- like china ceramic that she's like oh oh that's also really this movie has a lot of really dark comments which I think are great where um Andy's like oh the, the mom is like. My grandmother gave it to my mother, and my mother gave it to me. And he's like, "Well, who are you gonna give it to?" And she doesn't have an answer yeah. for that. 
because I'm assuming that they're infertile, which is totally fine. Like, be a fucking foster parent, please. Even if you are fertile, be a fucking foster parent. This movie should be, like, giant red sign, like, be a foster parent, but just vet your kids because they might bring a killer doll home who's going to kill you with a sewing <laughs> machine. Um, but, yes, yeah, so uh, also this mom does – this foster mom does get a bit of a um, a strike against her because – she makes fucking egg salad for lunch. How divorced from kids you have to be to be like, I'm going to give you the stinky lunch bag. <laughs> I don't care how much you like the taste of egg salad. There's no time when you should have egg salad in a paper bag inside of a plastic inside of a paper bag and then a plastic bag because it's just going to stink up your kid's locker and they're going to get laughed yeah. at at Setting school. Them up for failure There's right no- out the gate. Exactly. Egg fucking exactly. No wonder Kyle wants to get So caught. Kyle, speaking of re- who's like kind of a Patricia yeah, Arquette she character. She reminds here. me and I don't know <coughs> how accurate this is cuz I was like 8, but I she kind of reminds me of a babysitter I had, but I don't remember anything about the babysitter, which is weird. All I remember <laughs> is that the babysitter taught me all the words to regulate by Warren G. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I feel like I'm learning so I mean, we've been podcasting for over six years together almost every week and I'm learning new shit all the time. This makes so much sense about your <laughs> desire for white boy rap. <laughs> I yeah, blame so, that woman. yeah, so Kyle is very she's better with kids than the fucking foster parents yeah. are yeah. Like, like she knows how to talk to Andy like a person because you can talk to kids like people. But, like, with the sensitive gloves of, like, knowing what's appropriate for a kid I to think hear. You guys, I think you guys are letting the dad, like, you're, 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 you're lumping the dad and his mom th- His together. name's Beef. Because, <laughs> because Beef and Joanne. Joanne, Joanne tries. She does try. She, she, she tries. Until, obviously, until Beef neck gets snapped. And then she's like, yeah, be gone was... from me, child. But no. before we talk about before we talk about that, there's one other kill that we need to talk about, which is the sparkle motion teacher. Uh oh dude, I have the quote that she for... I doubt Mrs. Kettleworth's dedication is sparkle motion. But the <laughs> thing is is that we have the best quote from the movie, and it's not from Chucky. Get lost, microchip. Microchip. Yeah. The I, weird I... thing is that uh, when did we watch this movie? <laughs> I was like six. Yeah. The entire classroom scene i'm i like remembered scene for scene every single thing that happened it if you're watching on youtube i use the clip of chucky with the ruler it is my favorite shot of chucky in the entire franchise when he's just like walking like this when he's walking with the ruler in his hand he just looks so menacing and creepy and i love it. the entire franchise of all of the movies, it's my favorite shot of Chucky. That's that's a lot, man. That's a lot to say. I, I don't know if I have the answer to that. If you were to like quiz me on that, I don't know if I'd have an answer because I definitely want to rewatch Child's Play and Curse of Chucky. But um, I mean, it's great. It Who is knows? great. But I I also really like when he's in the car with the dude and he has that gun that you know isn't a real fucking gun. It's just a squirt yeah. gun. It's like the size of chucky's hand and then he la- he shoots the guy in the face where he goes ha 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 i don't know like i can't watch this movie and not think about graveyard shift now because that was the last movie that i saw him in the teacher also gets an air pump in the chest oh by the and way the you, that would, you would she- get an you would absolutely get an embolism and die way before you get stabbed in the fucking chest six or seven more times yeah oh man yeah man, um, she gets she gets a brutal fucking death 
So, of all the times we've seen her die on our podcast, is this the worst? Probably. I feel like she gets killed off camera a lot, too. Brett Dourif. Okay, yeah, yeah. Whose daughter is in later the, the um, future installments of yeah. the franchise, uh, which I love. I just love that. So, <clears throat> Chucky kills the teacher. So now, oh, oh, here's a question: Are we gonna gloss over the fact that he cleaned up his mess? Like he cleaned up all that blood, he cleaned up that room, he hid the body somehow, and nobody's like, "Oh, the teacher's dead," and call the house. Like, would no one know this because it was only detention? It wasn't. It was probably like three o'clock in the afternoon when she got fucking murdered. I think you're looking too logically into a Chucky movie at that point. <laughs> this is the movie to look logically into because it's like the most logical of the Chuckies. Of the Chucky's. for the next two weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Because so, yeah, robots are taking over. Yeah, that's true. Dude, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't so fucking wait. So this is going to come out right after the week that. after, right? The week after it's released. So you'll hear our, if you're listening to the podcast and not watching on the live stream, you'll hear our In Theater Now episode. Hopefully we liked it, but I'm excited. I'm really I'm, dude, it's got Mark Hamill. There's no way I'm not going to have a good time. But yeah, no, it's it's going to be fun. But the other big thing that happens in this movie is that so you know Chucky kills the teacher, comes back to the house. Andy, makes, how's it hanging, Phil? Andy makes a decision. Andy is going to kill Chucky, and he does it the best way he knows how. He pulls a Seth Green look at me, I'm Leatherface, <laughs> and he hits a turkey knife or whatever it's called. Yeah, that's a turkey knife. Turkey knife. And he's down there ready to go. And that's when Beef shows up and things don't go so well for Beef at that point. Yeah, also I was I mean, really So this was best. my Oh, he was it was the the cheapest well not cheapest. It was the least painful kill. Yeah. The quickest kill and also the one that I would feel most appreciative to be murdered by Chucky because I've seen him murder a lot of people. I think this is the best way to go. So Snap my neck. Yeah, just fucking kill me. Like I, I, that's like thirty seconds of horror in your life, and then you're dead. Like mm-hmm. it's a win-win. Yeah, I, I, that's no the pain, way I want to go. No life. Yeah. Easy. So, so I di- I was pretty shocked because I did say that this is my first watch. I was pretty shocked that Beef got killed, and I'm even more shocked that the mom got killed. And that was a really that tableau of her like turning her around, and it felt very Halloween H two O when they're just like dead bodies with like crazy shit that's happened to yeah. them like i, I really chucky, loved it it was a great chucky turned great joanne to joanne fabrics is <laughs> <laughs> oh. your name really joanne yeah fuck it's amazing let me see if i can hold this up to the camera but if you can see i have a note that says there's a joanne fabrics joke somewhere <laughs> <laughs> i can see it uh so this is where so all that stuff's great but it's the next part of the movie where things get fucking awesome and that's uh chucky gets the car with kyle she tries to kill him chucky escapes with andy flips her the bird from the back of the truck yeah yeah. (laughs) and from this entire that's really where that is the like welcome to primetime bitch of the child's play franchise where chucky stopped being a menacing wisecracker to being a straight wisecracker yeah Mm -hmm. and i'm okay with it it worked well for this this point on the truck stops and they go inside the factory and the last third of this movie is like perfect it's perfect no it's pretty close it's oh shut up brian there's one there's only one issue with the last 30 minutes of this 
and it is not a comedy scene. It is a serious scene that they shot comedy style, which was him falling down the slide, and it's just like a camera panning on Tommy, like, oh, <laughs> for like <laughs> 10 seconds with no comedic value. I was like, wow, that is so parody in a serious scene. All right, so you get That's that the only you get the one. Anyway, so yeah. one of the things I love is that Chucky actually finishes the ritual in this movie. Um, it's been too long that he's a doll, so it doesn't do anything, but like... Yeah. I pretty- oh, I love that he starts to bleed. That's super cool. I, I Here's the thing about this movie is that... So I think that Don Mancini did the right thing with this, thinking, you know what? Lightning's not going to strike twice, or lightning's not going to strike three times. Yeah. So the first one, I said what I wanted to say. Second one, I made... I, I can write a second movie, but you know what? I doubt there's going to be another one because it's hard to go back. There's it's hard to go on from where we are here. And so he really does like a great job of setting up the tableau of like all the moving parts in the factory. And you get like a nice kill with that guy in the eyeball. Yeah, the eyeball, the eyeball kill machine is and- probably my favorite kill in the movie. Um, it's not. Well, I guess it's my favorite kill, but I don't think it's the best death. I think that the the most horrific death is definitely Joanne, yeah. really, because it, yeah. it it's off screen, but it's also the more horrific because you know it's going to happen. Yeah. But I it, well, you know it's ha- it's it happened, and then she pulls, uh, Kyle pulls her aside, and you get to see the like that's what I'm saying. It's like a very it's a very Michael Myers kill because a lot of Michael Myers kills her off screen, which is why you know Halloween is a very bloodless movie, but still good and effective. But I think that. Don Mancini did the right thing by being like, you know, there's no way to go beyond this. And so he really went balls to the wall all out in this in this last 15, 15 minutes, minutes. And you yeah. get three. You get Chucky come back three times. Yeah. And every time he looks. Yeah. Well, not every time, but even more yeah. horrific. But like it's great. Like, you know, they're running through the labyrinth of dolls, which is really, really. Cool. Oh, so good. And then. So here's the thing. This is what I like about the movie is that. Chucky realizes that he's trapped as this doll forever, which means that he has got like no fucks left to give. Like not only is he going to kill Andy, he doesn't even care what he looks like anymore. So like when they yeah. slam his hand down, he fucking, he just pulls the, yeah. Oh, and there's sinews and stuff. I love that little, that's a little movie detail that I really love. Yeah, he rips his hand off. Like it's evil dead, the remake. And then he, <laughs> he makes himself a knife hand. He like tapes his hand with the packaging he, his, tape. Like it's his blade cosplay, dude. Don't yeah. hate. It looks so. And so here's the thing. So I said that him holding the ruler is my favorite shot of Chucky. Now let me explain one more thing that is a favorite Chucky thing for me because I love this franchise. Um, stitched up Chucky has always been one of my favorite Chucky looks. But my favorite Chucky look is Chucky with knife for a hand and legs sewn to a board on like a wheelie cart as he's just dragging himself. He looks so fucking badass and scary at the same time. Well, the thing also is that it's, it's, it's a very interesting little jab at Chucky by having his balls stapled because he's a doll, but he's becoming a human. And so he's getting his balls um, sewn into uh, like a little wheelie, whatever. And he's like, I'm going to cut your legs off. I don't even care. So here's the thing, though. There's one question that I'm very confused by with this movie. And it's, Did you what, is the, what is the purpose of the button 
that Andy pushes that apparently just brings a doll back into the one thing and just starts shoving arms and legs into it until you tell it to stop. Like, why was that built on that conveyor belt? I don't understand what purpose it serves. It's quality control. Hey, you're all more right? concerned about that than the fact that you can press a button and spray hot wax <laughs> everywhere but in a toy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like at the end of this movie, I I am on. I am there for the fucking ride. I have paid the admission. I have done an hour and ten minutes of character development. I don't give a shit about logic anymore. I am just ready for some mayhem. Mayhem! And you know, what? Baby, <laughs> mayhem, baby. That's a that's an uh, whatever it takes yep. reference. But for any noobs out there that haven't been with the show for four fucking years and have heard heard us talk about that movie ad nauseum. Anyway, so you get the the House of Wax, Jared Patty Lucky kill, and uh, mm-hmm. and I love it. I love it. I just it's such a. I mean, I saw it coming a mile away. Still loved it. Everything about this movie was probably so fresh in 91 and Mm -hmm. i'm and and the thing is is that when we talk about movies i think out of the dark is a great example when we talk about movies that were kind of ahead of their time you can still feel that charm which is really cool to me where it's not like oh i've seen this a million times because we have the ability to be like oh this is where the trope originated or this is an earlier incarnation of the trope and it's so charming and it's so fresh and it's so entertaining. Like I, I think that there's that. It just, this movie is really one of the better movies that I really put off. You know, I put it off because I knew I, I, I behind the, the wizard behind the curtain, I can see Matt's Trello list. I can see Brian's Trello list. They can see my Trello list. And I knew that this was coming like two years ago. And I was like, I'll just wait. There are a couple other ones that I know for a fact that I really want to watch. And um, I'm just waiting. But that said, I have a lot on my list that the two of you guys probably shouldn't watch (laughs) because they're at least a year out. And I have to I have to vet them because they may be fucking garbage. <laughs> but um, so don't go through my list like mm, maybe I want to watch this. Just like do the Matt Kelly where you're you're like, oh, I found this at a con. I guess I'll yeah. watch it. Like we're doing my next. Is it my next pick, Matt? The the 92? I can't remember. I think that might be my next. I'm pretty sure that's my next one. Um, that one um, I've been waiting and you were waiting and then you picked it up at a con and you did the quality control check and you're like, yeah, yeah, Scott. Yeah, do it. And so just like ignore my Trello list because my Trello list, I added like 30 things today because I'm I'm amping up for my birthday pick and I'm like, oh, I need something good, <laughs> but also all bad. Right, well, let's do our final thoughts and start to wrap up a little bit. Uh, so all in all, I still stand by this is, if not my favorite child's play, it's tied with Bride. It is a very good fucking movie. It just depends on which type of Chucky I'm looking to watch, I think. Yeah, I definitely need to rewatch uh, Curse after watching this to make a decision about with which one I whether I like Curse better than this, which kind of is blasphemy. That's somebody that's like. If somebody was like, you know, I like Halloween H two O better than Halloween nineteen seventy eight, but who gives a fuck, you know? See, I love Child's Play too, um, but the issue—it's not an issue—but it's hard for me to say when when something does such a dramatic genre shift throughout the series, you can't like I can't compare Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky to Child's Play one, two, and three because they're just different. They're different yeah. movies all in all. 
You know do you I mean? think the child's like, play one, two, and three are kind of like their own thing, and then everything after is its own thing, um, so separate? I, I I would think so, um, and I would be, I I would think that because three is almost like, and it's been a while since I saw it, but the best way I can describe it is three is more goofy, but it's almost like a um, town that dreaded sundown in a sense that it's like a horror movie with just very goofy scenes. I think that you're talking about slapstick. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen Child's Play three, it's, but I've seen Town of the Sundown, and it's very like, like when they draw Laurel and Hardy, yeah. you know, like yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. It's very slapstick. It's just weird. It's a weird movie. Um, <clears throat> the weird thing is that they all have it. Like they all connect together logically. Thank you, Don Mancini. Because like mm-hmm. even how Chucky comes from his demise in this into part three makes sense and then you know bride of chucky and everything else they all have a very logical way that they come back it's not just like the killer comes back and there's no explanation for it meanwhile in new jersey so marissa what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode well jackie let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy Ooh, and representation of marginalized people Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror we can point out the triangle boobs talk about the blood splatter and oh, the practical effects. Um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Yeah. It's, it's no yeah. terrifier. Um, all right. So, <laughs> double feature. Matt, you go first because you picked this one. So I'm going to go with the more logical one. And then after you guys say, I'll say what my like kind of weird, goofy one was. Um, But I'm going to go with demonic toys. Damn it. See, that that was my first that that for me, that's the gimme. That's the low hanging fruit, because this one feels very much like demonic toys, because if you were to split all of Chucky, all of Chucky's good qualities into like six (laughs) <laughs> mediocre killer toys you get you get demonic toys but and i was thinking also just because of the warehouse yeah look, yeah like the oh whole, for like, sure locale like it made me think demonic toys i'll let you guys go and then i'll say my really absurd one brian do you need time or you want me to do you want yeah, me to do I, need, a... I, I need time okay so this is a little off the beaten path but if i was really doing a double feature with child's play 2 i would pick who framed roger rabbit as the intro I start with Who Framed Roger, Roger Rabbit and then do Child's Play too. Because of the dip. It's because <laughs> of the fucking dip. Because yeah. this movie, if you guys had seen it when, okay, so Matt, you were ten or eleven. Brian, that would make you what six six years old. Yeah, about that. About six years old. That's kinder trauma, right? This Shockwave talks about that. And and Roger Rabbit is totally a kids movie, but that movie fucked me up because like. That dip scene is nuts. It's not, it's not the dip scene. I'm sorry. It's the fucking steamroller scene. Yeah, when he gets run over. I stopped watching at that point. I, didn't I couldn't. See. I saw it in theaters and I was horrified. Yeah. I didn't see the last five minutes until like six years later. <laughs> but I loved it. I loved the idea of Roger Rabbit. It's just that it was so scary to me. I was. And I, that's like 92 I still think right that's there. one of the best movies ever. I still think Roger it's Rabbit is one of the best movies ever. What? I think it's a masterpiece. Even I think- outside of genre, you think that that movie is one of the best movies? I think it's one of the best written scripts. They they did a, a fantastic oh, way because they basically just rewrote 
it's Chinatown. It's the it Chinatown, Chinatown yep. screenplay. I was trying so to like, think of what the the crime noir yeah, was, but yeah, it's Chinatown. Yeah, like they they just were like, let's remake Chinatown and let's put this cartoon character in it. And but like, here's the thing: what they did that was smart was that they never stopped it from being a film noir. You know, what I mean, like it is a noir film. Yeah. It's just a noir film that's wacky, and I think that that's really cool. So I love that, <laughs> but I also think that it did so much shit that had never been done as seamlessly as that before. So like, it's it's kind of an important movie. I'm pretty sure like it's even on like AFI's list of like the hundred most important films of all time. Like it's, I I would very highly rank it as like pieces of cinema. Are you just, saying? Like, are you saying that Bob Hoskins in Who Framed Roger Rabbit is better than Bob Hoskins in Super Mario Brothers? Yeah, that's pretty much what <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Brian, back me up here, bro. Um, I'm guessing that Matt holds Roger Rabbit in such high esteem because his first boner was thanks to uh, Jessica Rabbit. Is this true? Uh, it could be because I don't know if she was my first, but she's my most recent. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. Ma uh, Brian Kelly hasn't had a boner since 1996. <laughs> or yesterday when I watched your friend Roger Rabbit. <laughs> uh, all right, Brian, what's your double feature, bro? So this is, I mean, it's not too much of a stretch, but just trying because Demonic Toys is really the perfect one. But I would I would go with Scream. Um, really? Because, A, the era of when they came out, the the age of when I watched both of these, and my biggest thing for thinking of it now is Chucky's hand caught in that cage and his reaction is so similar to Billy when Nev Campbell is hiding in the closet and he's got the phone and he's like, I'm going to find you, you fucking bitch. You hear me? <laughs> like, if you put them side by side, they're so fucking similar in the way that they, like, react. Brian, I got a, pro I got a, a project. I got a project for you for uh, by the time this episode comes out. Side by side. No, I was gonna say just take Billy's dialogue and put it over top of Chucky, <laughs> or vice versa. <laughs> yeah. I think he does. It would be both. easier to do Chucky, obviously. Yeah, but uh, so the goofy one that I had was gonna be Jaws. Um, <laughs> Jaws or Jaws three D? No, Jaws one because they're both Universal movies, right? This There's is a Steve. universal monster? This is a universal movie, yeah. Huh. Um, so, Brian was talking about when Andy's sliding down the thing, and then Chucky jumps out, just like when the shark jumps out of the water and attacks Quinn. They blow up Chucky like they blow up the shark. And then it both ends with the two surviving people walking off into the sunset, like the way that Chief Brody and uh, Richard Dreyfus swim their way back to shore at the end of Jaws. I don't know, dude. That's a, that's a stretch. That's more of a stretch than eyes. You ever see the eyes of a shark? Dead eyes like a doll. Doll's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the devil's eyes. There we go. Back to Halloween 78. All, All right, right. So no. um, things that we liked. Yeah. So I'll, I would like I'll, to kick it off. Can I kick it go off? For it. Yeah, go for it. The Perfection. Have you guys watched it yet? No, no, I'm told that I shouldn't hear anything about it, and I'm going to be in a bunch of hotels for the next seven days, so I'm going to watch it at some point during that. Yeah, actually, so Katie uh, from the group, at, at, <laughs> I, she's our friend, but I'm saying like anybody that listens, Katie from the group, um, suggests, oh, she posted the trailer when it 
was coming out onto uh, Netflix when they had a had a release date, and we were at Pop Rock and Horror when it was when it actually dropped. And um, so obviously I didn't have time, but uh, when I worked from home this week, I I just put some time aside to uh, watch it throughout the day. And um, she and I rapped about it a little bit on Messenger after I finished it, and we are of the agreement. We are in agreement. And of the opinion that it is a one and done film, really fucking good, um, but it's not a movie that you really want to watch again. Yeah, I can't remember. She saw that at the same time. She that saw I it saw at Fantastic Fest. Yeah, she saw it when I was seeing something else, and I think she saw that when I saw FP two. So Dude, it was like three a.m. She said. She said it was like three or four a.m. in the morning when she started it. She had been watching movies for ten straight hours. Yeah. Then it might have been that because the FP was like midnight release. It, uh, yeah, so it might have been that. Month. Yeah, because I know that she saw Terrified the same time Ugh. that I saw You Might Be the Killer. Dude, you got like, the better end of that one. That's what I, I stand by. Terrified. It. Anyway. And Katie so, likes it. Anyway, you go ahead. It. So I really so, liked with The Perfection. Watch it on Netflix one time. So cool. I will talk about uh, – I'm going to talk about two things real quick. Um, they were both films that were given to me at Pop Rock and Horror. <laughs> um, the one is called Night of the Axe, which is a 22-minute short film made by uh, a guy who's been pretty active on our Facebook page since Pop Rock and Horror, Sean. Um, so, Sean, thank you for, for listening and being involved. Uh, so, I'll be honest. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. Um, but it's definitely something that was made with a lot of passion. And while the acting is a little rough, it's very clear that it's just him using local friends. But the gore, which is what you're there for for this 20 minute short, is really fucking good. Like, so you're saying we need to use him for a future HMN episode? Yeah, like the there's a there's a scene where someone gets an axe in the head, and you know we've seen that before. But when the guy goes to pull the axe out of the head, the skin gives with the act yeah and i was like oh shit like it was like there was like a couple moments like that where i was like damn so very good i'm excited to see what else sean has up his sleeve because i like where he's going right now right out the gate with this and then the other one that i watched um i have so many mixed feelings for it was called badass monster killer and it was (laughs) yeah we saw that guy give us a copy i saw that guy give us a copy yeah um and it's very so I liked it a lot, but I don't know if I'd ever watch it again, but it was very, um, like they went 100% into what they were doing. Like it's, it's like Tokyo Gore Police. If it was, hold on a second, hear me out. (laughs) Tokyo Gore Police, if it was a blaxploitation cop movie. And that's, that's a weird mix. (laughs) And if all of the monster effects were done by stop motion claymation creatures instead of like the hyper weird gore stuff. So it's just like, it's so the whole movie shot on a green screen. It's very like obviously shot on a green screen and that's like a stylistic choice. Okay. But like he'll shoot someone. It's kind of got like an Akira vibe, I guess, where like when someone gets injured, that's when their mutation begins. So like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So like he'll shoot someone and he'll like blow off a part of their body. And then all of a sudden it's all this stop motion claymation that starts to take over like half of their body. And then you've got like a half man, half claymation creature that he's fighting. And it's really fucking cool looking. I don't think we would ever do it for the show. 
I don't even know if I can necessarily recommend it, but it is on Prime if you just want to watch it because it was given that given that quarter of a cent, man. Yeah, like visually, I was. It, you know what it is? It's a perfect background movie. Like throw sure. it on, hit mute, and like enjoy a party and have people just be like, "What the fuck is on?" Like it's <laughs> it's wild. Um, and there's also a lot of a lot of nudity in both of those, which was shocking to me. <laughs> But so so you're saying that you need to mail me those screeners. <laughs> so you're saying I should watch it on an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Brian, before you go, I wanted to mention one thing that I watched due to pop rock and horror. Um, a really nice guy named Mike. Um, he, so I was a very good boy and I didn't drink very much at pop rock and horror, but I did close down the hotel bar both Friday and Saturday night when I was there, which was, led to a lot of short sleeping it wasn't hangovers you're just short sleeping but this uh guy mike came up and talked to us at our table and then um talked to me a bunch at the the hotel bar and he has a movie that he did called i'm dreaming of a white doomsday his name's mike lombardo and um he really is hoping that people will check out his film and uh give it a review on imdb now i do not have an imdb uh profile and i refuse to have when i have the app strictly due to the fact that i need to look people up not because i want to post anything important on it so um i'm going to give him my honest opinion here and again i will let him know in in, in a facebook message i really liked the 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 heart that went into it i don't think it needed to be an hour and 22 minutes long um but it has a really good final 10 minutes. Nice. So it, it, it's low budget. It is a character study um, about a mom in an apocalyptic situation. And I appreciate it for what it is. But it feels a bit indulgent from the actor's perspective. It's like, since it's a character study, most character studies feel indulgent from an actor's perspective and also from a writer's perspective because then you're like, oh, I don't have to do exposition. I don't have to do any sort of like character growth. It can all be in their interactions with two other people and them talking and reacting to things that happen around them. So it was one of those movies that I wouldn't rewatch, but I really appreciated what it was there to do. And um, if it was a short, if it would have tightened itself up to like 35, 40 minute runtime instead of an hour and 20 or an hour and 10, whatever it was, um, it would have been killer. Nice. So I, I would I would highly recommend go giving it a watch. Um, it might be on Prime. I'm not sure. Um, he sent me a link, but you can find it. I'm, it's around somewhere. I'm sure it's up for free. And then if you do have an IMDb account, give an honest review. That's all he wants. Yeah. Nice. He wants honest reviews. All right, Brian, what's something good that you've seen? So I I went to Jenny Springs this weekend um, and swam in some springs. So my 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 video watches have been down, and the only two movies that I saw that I can absolutely rave about are fairly well known and have been out for a while. All right, that's fine. But I will. I was just going to go a podcast route, but I'll be quick with it and then throw in those two movies. To live and die in L.A. Great mini fucking podcast. We listen to it for the four and a half hour ride, and then how many four episodes? And a half hour. It's 12 episodes okay. ranging from 45 minutes to an hour. Um, it's about this murder in Los Angeles. Uh, and it's un- it's unsolved, but it's unsolved because the, the guy doing the podcast actually solves it. Um, but since it's not officially by the police, the podcast ends with him turning in everything to the police because it was just a matter of like L.A. cops shutting it down quickly and not really caring to solve the case. 
Um, really fucking wild ride. Watch Sinister finally for the first time. I thought it was a very, very original movie. I thought it was fucking fun. It it genuinely spooked me a few oh, times. Oh, Sinister! Sinister is a great film. The yeah. only good, uh, the only bad thing that I have to say is that I thought that Bagul looks fucking stupid. He looked like a Slipknot character. That's yeah, the only he, thing I have yeah, to say he, about it. That that I I can one hundred percent get behind. My only beef with Sinister is that. I feel like every time I watch that movie, I'd much rather be in the found footage stuff than the rest of the life drama. Like, that's really the highlight of the movie. But it's like, it was so weird watching. I got so submerged in it for like, sim- like simple things that shouldn't make me go, oh shit. I went, oh shit. Like when he pauses the video on the laptop and the Bagul's head just like slowly turns and looks at him. Like, it's such like a cheap trick and it's not that spooky but like just i was so dad is all right and then uh don't ever use the word cheap and trick right after me yeah and then i watched victor crowley today which was fucking hilarious dude it's on my list i actually have a copy of it on my computer because every time i see felissa rose at a con she's like have you watched it yet i'm like i'm so sorry i'm gonna actually see her at the end of this month june i don't know when this is dropping but I'm seeing her at the end of June 2019 at, at um, a horror con up here in Ohio. And um, <laughs> I was, I had to watch it before dude, then. I wasn't ready for it. Like, I thought it was like a dark comedy, like maybe like a few like comedic release. The first scene, I watched it alone in my house today and I was like gasping for air at how hard I was laughing. Really? Like, was, oh, fuck yes. I can't wait. It's not the whole movie like that, but there's certain characters and certain scenes that are just so fucking funny and it was definitely a comedy first and horror second and i i so that's hatchet four that. right yes because right. there was three the third one got a little crazy yeah third one's a little wild all right so i've seen the first three i just don't yeah. remember the third one so that was child's play two is picked by me we'll be back next week with a movie that scott picked that he's been threatening us with for years what the hell did I even pick? I can't, years. I can't years, Scott. So we'll see. Who knows? Maybe we'll be in outer space. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll oh. be in a whole extra time. Maybe Adam Scott will show up. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> tune in. Are we having fun yet or what? <laughs> tune in next week and find out. Hopefully, I won't be coughing and sick by then. <laughs>